You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter number one, and if we could, let's read together verse number 18 through verse number 25, beginning in verse number 18. Ready? Begin. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. And let's pray. Our Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight as we look at your word. We thank you for uh, the power that is in your word. We thank you for the truth, and I thank you for the applications and the, uh, the, the practicalness that we find in the pages of Scripture. I pray now that we would Uh, not just be hearers of the word, but may we be doers, may we receive the word, may we apply it, and may we live it this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Uh, I told you this morning what I was preaching, so I think you already know the subject, Um, but I want you to see a man who is not the main character of the Christmas story. And I think we understand that there's only one main character in the Christmas story, truly, and that character is Jesus. As a matter of fact, he's the main character of the Bible. Uh, he's, the, he's the main character of all of history. Uh, everything points to Jesus. Everything is all about Jesus. And that ought to be true in our church. And that ought to be true in your home and that ought to be true in your life and in your schedule and in your priorities that everything is about Jesus. Colossians says it like this, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Jesus Christ needs to be number one in your life. I heard one preacher say this, Jesus doesn't just want to be the resident in your heart and in your life, but Jesus wants to be and deserves to be the president in your life and in your heart. Jesus is the main character. But of all the characters of the Christmas story, I think there would be some that we would talk about or we would think about more. 
For instance, Mary was an amazing lady that God chose her and she uh, was a virgin and she was pure and God selected her. I I love the story of the shepherds. I love the story of the angels. I love that account of the wise men and those gifts that they gave. But many times Joseph is behind the scenes. We see in Matthew chapter 1, we see that Jesus' birth Uh, talks about a Joseph who was present. But I want you to hold your place in Matthew chapter 1, and I want you to turn with me, please, to Matthew 27. At Jesus' birth, there was Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. That's often how we refer to him. Uh, He was the husband of Mary. He was the father figure in in, uh, Jesus' life. But then in Matthew 27, we see at Jesus' death, And at his burial, there is another Joseph. Again, here is a man who is behind the scenes. Here is a man who is not a central character. This is not a man that we know a lot about. The Bible refers to this Joseph in chapter 27 in verse number 57. It says, when the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and he begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. And he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. We see just a few verses that tell us about Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, Not a glamorous job. As a matter of fact, this was a gruesome job. This was a man who went to Pilate and said, Pilate, he said, would you please give me and let me have and let me take the body of Jesus? Uh, We're not talking about someone from a funeral home that's going to pick up a body after uh, maybe a a normal or a natural death, but we're talking about a man who hung on that cross that the Bible says that you could not even recognize him as a man. His visage was so marred. And yet Joseph went to take and to claim the body of Jesus. Interesting. Interesting. These Josephs are often not in the spotlight as we study the scriptures. Usually when we hear the name Joseph, we often think of the Joseph in the Old Testament, right? Joseph, who was the uh, son of Jacob. Joseph, who was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in many aspects. His name is mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. The story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, it covers nearly 13 chapters of the Bible. And in that passage, you would say Joseph is the one where the focus is. Joseph was the father of two tribes in Israel, Manasseh and Ephraim. Joseph, although he faced many difficulties, in the end, he was promoted to second in command in Egypt. He became a great ruler. He is the one that was responsible for saving the world from a famine. Now, Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, he didn't save the world from a famine. Uh, Joseph in Matthew 27, he didn't save the world from a famine. He wasn't a ruler. He wasn't a king. He wasn't sitting on a throne. Those men were behind the scenes. Those men were out of the spotlight. But we see in Matthew chapter 1, we see this Joseph, who also was the son of 
a Jacob, not the same Jacob, of course, that was the father of Joseph in the Old Testament. But in Matthew chapter 1, this Joseph never became a ruler. As a matter of fact, the Bible does not tell us much about this Joseph. He was not the focus of the Christmas story. He was not the father of Jesus. We know that God was the father and is the father of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the son of God. Usually, Joseph takes the back seat to Mary. Mary even had some of her words recorded in Scripture. Joseph did not. It appears that this Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, it appears that this Joseph passed away while Jesus was a young man. This Joseph was not on the scene at the cross. This Joseph had already fulfilled his role and passed off the scene. His work was already done. His life was all about Jesus. His story was a success. You say, how was Joseph's life a success in Matthew chapter 1? Well, he found his role. He found his purpose. He found the reason that God had put him on this earth and he fulfilled it. Is it not true that so many times we go through life and we don't want to fulfill our role, we want to fulfill somebody else's role. As a matter of fact, not only that, but we want to tell somebody else how to do their role. We want to critique everybody else and point at all the things everybody else should be doing when in reality, God has given us a calling and God has given us a purpose and God has put you here for a reason. Now, I understand this is a week before Christmas, and I understand we sometimes come to church and we just expect it all just to be, you know, uh, uh, kumbaya. But I want to tell you, God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan for you. And it's not just to sit on a pew and it's not just to take up space. God has a purpose for your life to point people to Jesus and to fulfill your purpose for your existence. As I'm talking about Joseph's, uh, I want to tell you about another Joseph, and I've told you about him before, my dad, uh, who was Joseph. My dad and uh, his brother is here, uh, his brother Jim, and he could tell you even more different stories than I could tell you. But, uh, and uh, my dad was a, an amazing man. He was a man who much of his life was behind the scenes. My dad was a Christian school teacher for 20 years. He was never the administrator of the school, um, you know, like our administrator. And isn't it great when you got an administrator that you can blame if something goes wrong? Some of you are wondering, like, why is Brother Dan the administrator so we can blame him? And, no, 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 I'm just kidding. My dad was a history teacher. He was a math teacher. He was a Bible teacher. Uh, he uh, coached soccer. Now, I understand uh, uh, the World Cup just finished. I, didn't, I think I watched about five minutes of the United States in one of their matches, um, but most people don't care about World Cup. But can I tell you, uh, 35 years ago in the United States, people didn't even know what soccer was hardly. They certainly didn't know how to play it. And uh, my dad was the soccer coach, and you know what he did with that soccer team? He threw himself into it. Uh, he took a team from Rockford, Illinois to win the state tournament in Illinois. They went on to the regionals. They won the regionals for all of the Christian schools in the United States. They went to the Wilds and they played in a national tournament and won third place in the nation in soccer. And uh, I, I think maybe at that point, you know, probably somebody recognized him. But before that, he was just doing his thing. Just serving God, just being faithful, just behind the scenes. 
He became a pastor of a church in a small town in northwest Illinois after being a Christian school teacher for 20 years. You say, well, I bet that was a big church, and I bet there was a lot of recognition for that. No. When we got there, there were about 40 people on Sunday mornings, most of whom were 65 and older. And it was amazing in that little church what God did and, and how God blessed. But here's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I had the opportunity to, to see my dad. I got to see somebody who was willing to serve God even if it was without recognition. Even if it was without the praise of man. I, I'll tell you this. We all, we all have to work on this. But sometimes we're afraid of doing something good and somebody not knowing about it. Well, that's not the Bible. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's actually best if you do something good and nobody knows about it. Do not your alms before men to be seen of them because if you're seen of men, you've got your reward. But when you serve God, and when I serve God behind the scenes and in secret where people don't know, then the Bible says your reward is in heaven. And here we see two men, Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and Joseph in Matthew 27, who did some amazing things, some important things, but unless the Scripture, or if the Scripture had not recorded their actions, we probably would not even know about these men. I want to see for just a few minutes tonight what was it about these men that helped them to serve God faithfully and to fulfill their role behind the scenes. Let's go quickly. Number one, and when a preacher says go quickly and he's just starting, it's because he has a lot he wants to say and he doesn't have a lot of time to say it. So let's go quickly. I'll talk quickly if you listen quickly and we'll go eat cookies very quickly. Here we go. Number one, I see that Joseph was a man of character. Look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, that word just means upright. He was righteous. But here's what's amazing. The Bible says that Joseph was upright and that is what God had to say about him. If you were to ask me about somebody in this church, I'd give you my honest opinion. Well, maybe, uh, I might give you my honest opinion. I might just say, uh, that person's got a good heart. You know, that's the classic, you know, if you don't really want to say exactly. You just say, that person's got a good heart. Bless their heart. But if you were to ask me about something, I could tell you to the best of my knowledge what I see, but I don't know what's in your heart. You don't know what's in my heart, but God does. And God saw a man by the name of Joseph, and he said, there is a just man. There is a man of, number one, character. This Christmas season, let me remind you that character still matters. It still matters that you do what's right. It still matters that your heart is right with God. And God uses people of character. God uses people behind the scenes. God uses people of character. Many times it is when a person is in the spotlight that it is revealed that they were not a person of character. You, we've seen that many times, have we not? Many times we see that people try to live off of talent or live off of, of their ability or they try to live off their personality. But friend, you and I, we can't live apart from God and we must have a walk with God and a heart that is pure and right and be men and women of character. Number two, I see that this Joseph was careful. Notice chapter one and verse number 19. Then Joseph, her husband, 
I'm talking about not being the spotlight, but we don't have to change all the lights just for this message. If, if we don't want to, that's okay. Verse number 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. You know what I see about Joseph as he worked behind the scenes? He was very careful. He was very cautious. He was very wise in how he handled matters. We have today, we've got a generation of people that they have thrown wisdom out the window. We've got people that all they want to do is speak their mind. And as they speak their mind, they reveal there's not a whole lot in there to begin with. And we have people that want to vent and people that want to say, well, let me tell you about this and let me tell you about this. And I'm amazed at how people, when they do that, they reveal their own ignorance. They don't know what they're talking about. And I tell you, it'd be very good as we look at the Christmas story and as we study this man, Joseph, who served God behind the scenes, it'd be very good to be very wise in how you handle your relationship with your spouse. Be very good to be wise in how you handle your relationship with your children. It'd be very good to uh, be wise in how you handle the relationships that you have with your family and your friends and with your coworkers and with your neighbors. It'd be very good to be wise in how you deal with problems and how you deal with people. Had Joseph not been careful, had Joseph vented, had Joseph said, folks, I got to tell you about Mary. The Christmas story could have had a very different ending. The Christmas story could have been completely, completely different. Because he was careful, he used wisdom. God allowed Joseph to be able to say, I'm going to trust God on this one. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe that, yes, indeed, Mary was uh, uh, conceived, or the baby was conceived of the Holy Spirit, and that Mary is telling me the truth. He was careful. Number three, I see in verse 20 that Joseph was compliant. He was obedient. Verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. In verse number 24, then Joseph being raised from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and he took unto him his wife. Isn't it great when people just obey God? Isn't it great when we just obey what God says? Isn't it wonderful when we just say, the Bible says it, I'm doing it. God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. Doesn't have to make sense. The longer you and I live, and the worse and worse this world gets, the more it is not going to make sense to live for God and to follow the Bible in this society. Because this society is a wicked society. This society is a society that is waxing worse and worse and worse and will continue to until Jesus comes back. But may God's people, may we be obedient, may we be compliant to what God has said, may we follow his instructions. Number four, I see that Joseph was a man of courage. Notice with me Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 19. The Bible says, but when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. Now think about this. Joseph has already gone to Egypt 
And he's already gone there to try to protect himself and to protect Mary and to protect baby Jesus because people are trying to kill them. And he gets a word from the angel and the angel says, all right, it's safe to go back. I think I'd say, I'm good down here in Egypt. I think I'll stay here a little longer. You know, just in case. Uh, maybe just give it a little bit longer. But Joseph obeyed. He had courage even in dangerous days and difficult times. He was responsible for the well-being of Mary and the baby. We see Joseph, a man of character, a man who was careful, a man who was compliant, a man who had courage. But then in Matthew 27, would you turn over there with me quickly, we see another Joseph. The Bible says he was a disciple of Jesus, but he didn't make the top 12, did he? He wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He was behind the scenes. Here is a man, Joseph, that only has a few verses that mention his name. We really only know one thing that he did, but the Bible records it. And had the Bible not recorded it for us, we probably never would have known how Jesus and that body got from the cross to the tomb. But we see in Matthew 27, verse 57, we see Joseph here, a man who was number five, as we're looking at these Josephs, a man that was charitable. The Bible says in chapter 27, verse 57, he was rich. So you know, I've known some rich people that weren't very charitable. And by the way, I've known some poor people that weren't very charitable either. But Joseph was willing to take his riches, and he was willing to give those riches for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. You know, that's why God has given you, and that's why God has given, given, us, given us money. That's why God has given us things, not to be hoarders, not to keep them, not to collect them, but to give and, and to, to help and to serve. You know, when you die, when I die, whatever money you've got in that bank account, by the way, I think you ought to be wise and I think you ought to uh, have a, a life insurance and I think you ought to have retirement. I'm all for those things. But when you die, you will not take a single penny with you. Everything that you have accumulated on this earth, it will stay down here. But everything that you've sent ahead, all the treasures that you have laid up, all that you have done uh, for Christ, those are the things that will matter for eternity. I see Joseph was charitable. Verse number 60, and he laid the body of Jesus in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. There's so much we could say about that. He didn't give Jesus the extra. He didn't give him the second best. He gave Jesus his own tomb that he had planned to be buried in. He said, I'm going to give it to Jesus. We see number six, Joseph's commitment. He was a disciple. He was a follower of Christ, not just in the good times, but in the bad. Where were the other disciples here? Where were the other disciples at the time of the cross? Most of them had fled. We know that John was there because Jesus looked down and he saw his mother and he said to his mother, he said, behold thy son. And to John, he said to him, he said, behold thy mother. But the other disciples, they were gone. And now after Jesus is dead and his body is still on that cross, Joseph goes and he says to Pilate, he says, I'd like to take the body. I'd like to take 
that body of Jesus, the one who's been crucified, and I'd like to be responsible for that. That's amazing commitment. You know, it's easy to be committed to God in the good times. It's easy to serve God in the good times. It's easy to serve Him when everything's going good, but what about in the bad times? It's easy to serve God when everybody's patting you on the back, but what about when everybody's kicking you? What about when it seems like people are fighting against you? What about uh, when people are not cheering you on? Joseph was committed, number six. Number seven, he had concern. The Bible says in this passage, verse 59, that he took the body and he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. He had concern. The details mattered. It mattered that Jesus' body was treated with the utmost care and the utmost respect. We are, as Christians, we are the body of Christ. And it matters how we treat the body of Christ. It matters what you say about the body of Christ. It matters uh, how you act or how you react to the body of Christ. And can I tell you, we ought to be very careful in how we treat the body of Christ. Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross for the church. He loves the church. He gave himself for it. I certainly wouldn't want to be responsible for trying to hurt something that Jesus Christ gave his life for. I see the concern, number seven. Number eight, I see the completion, verse 60. The Bible says, and he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. I love this. Joseph did not leave until the job was done. We need some Christians with that kind of commitment. We're going to complete the job. We're going to finish our course. We're going to finish the race. We're going to finish what we've started. We're not going to quit until the job is done. Done. He was a man of completion. These men did things for Jesus. Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and Joseph in Matthew 27. They did things for Jesus, which think about this. That Jesus could not acknowledge or thank them for. Baby Jesus in the manger could not say, Hey Joseph, thanks for what you're doing for me. Jesus, after he was crucified and his body was, was there on the cross and his body was taken off, Jesus could not say to Joseph of Arimathea, thank you for what you've done for me. These men did what they did not for recognition, but they did what they did because they believed it was right. Their work was necessary. Their work was essential. I want to say to you this evening, that your work for Christ is necessary. What you're doing for Christ is needed. What you're doing for the Lord is essential. You see, it was imperative that Jesus be protected at his birth. And not just the baby, but the surroundings. Here's why. One of our cardinal doctrines that we hold to as Bible believers is we hold to the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And there could be no question, and there could be a no doubt in anybody's mind that yes, Mary was a virgin, and yes, she and Joseph had not come together, and yes, this baby was the Son of God, and Joseph did his part to make sure that the virgin birth of Christ could stand 
the scrutiny and stand against the questions. Now, we have Joseph of Arimathea in Matthew 27. Now we have another cardinal doctrine that is at stake. Not only do we believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, but we believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. That means that Jesus, not only did he have to die, but he had to be buried so that he could rise again. If his body went missing, if his body was discarded, then everybody would have said, oh, somebody stole it, somebody took it. Oh, no, but that body was taken to a tomb and that body was sealed in that tomb and Joseph himself made sure that that stone was there. Then the, the, the Romans sent soldiers to guard the tomb and to set a seal and to set a watch. But on that third day, Jesus Christ came out of the tomb and he came out and the tomb was empty and the witnesses came and they looked for themselves and they said, he is not here for he is risen as he said. It was so important. For Joseph in Matthew 1, because of the virgin birth, and Matthew 27, for Joseph of Arimathea, because of the bodily resurrection. I don't think those men had a clue. I don't think they knew how important their work was. But here we are, talking about two men who faithfully served behind the scenes, and God blessed their efforts. Your work matters. Your character matters. Your commitment matters. People may not see it. People may not recognize it, but God sees and God knows. Let's take it a step further. Both of these Josephs were working behind the scenes. Can I give you a newsflash tonight? We're all working behind the scenes. The greatest man that ever lived Jesus said there is not a greater born of women than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist got the microphone. And John the Baptist had an opportunity to speak. And here's what John said. I must decrease, but he must increase. John said, you don't even have to know my name. I just want you to know that I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. We're all behind the scenes. We're all playing a role so that Jesus Christ can be glorified. We're all playing a role just to try to point people to Jesus because it's all about him. Because someday at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Your name's not going to be mentioned. My name's not going to be mentioned. The Victory Baptist Church is not going to be mentioned for all the great... No, no, no. The name of Jesus is all that matters. I see lastly, I see number nine, I see the compensation. The name Joseph means God will give or God will add or God will increase. It's amazing to me that when we are obedient, God always blesses. When we are faithful, God always increases. God always adds to our life. And you say, well, pastor, I don't, I don't feel like I have a lot down here. I'm not talking about down here. If you could pick your reward, would you rather have something that would last for a few years or would you rather have something that would last for all of eternity? Well, you don't have to pick, really, because God's already picked for you. When you serve Him... He doesn't promise that the reward will be down here. Although I think sometimes we see rewards and we see blessings down here. And that's wonderful. 
But we're not living for down here. We're not living for this world. We're not living for the temporal. But we're living for the world that is to come, the world that is eternal. Hebrews chapter 6, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name, in that ye have ministered to the saints. Colossians 3, Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Hebrews eleven six. 6, the Bible reminds us that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And I'll close with Matthew 6, 33, as we're talking about the compensation, the fact that God will add, God will bless, God has promised that when you serve Him, He will take care of you. It says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight to be encouraged by these two men in scriptures. These two men who never had the spotlight, they never had the recognition down here. They never even got to hear the thanks or have the approval or the pat on the back from men for what they did. But I believe that they have your approval because of how they're recorded in Scripture, because of how it, it states that these men were faithful to serve God. Their lives were all about Jesus. Help our lives to be the same. May we live for Jesus. May everything we do, may it be for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ, and may it be to point people to Jesus. May we let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. I pray that you'd encourage us with that truth tonight. Speak to us and help us and bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. If God's spoken to you tonight, I'd encourage you to come and find a place to pray. I don't know what your role is. Maybe it's in the nursery. Maybe it's in a Sunday school class. Maybe it's on a bus route. Maybe it's in a master club. Maybe it's in a Christian school classroom. Maybe it's a prayer warrior at home. Uh, maybe it's a soul winner. Maybe it's as a, a godly father, a godly mother at home. Maybe it's as a teenager in a, in, in a classroom at school. Maybe it's as, as a child. But can I tell you, you may think that nobody knows and nobody recognizes the things you're doing for God, but that doesn't even matter because that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it for Him. We're doing it to please the Lord. Would you be faithful to serve God behind the scenes? Find your role. Fulfill that role. Whatever the need is, if God spoke into your heart, I'd encourage you to come. And do business with God. Ask God to help you. Maybe you just need to uh, come and get some encouragement from the Lord tonight. Maybe you're, you are discouraged. Maybe it feels like you have a thankless job. Maybe you have a a spouse that maybe doesn't even appreciate the things that you do. Maybe you have a child that seems like the more you try to help them, the less they appreciate it. Can I tell you, God can help you with that. God can give you the strength to be faithful. God promises that He will bless your faithfulness and your obedience. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org.
May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.